the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, but particularly money, I think, is always a, a pretty good place to start as far as uh, topics go. Let's talk um, market highs. Yeah, feels pretty good, huh? Now, keep in mind, it's not always going to feel this good. And that's where you have to feel pretty comfortable. Um, doo, doo, doo. Warren Buffet, headline news. He's going to buy Duracell for $4.7 billion. Interesting. He likes to buy businesses that were around when we were little kids, and that will be around when we're old kids with little kids, and our little kids become old. He agreed to acquire Duracell batteries from Procter & Gamble for $4.7 billion. Uh, this allows Procter & Gamble to simplify their business model. Under terms of the deal, Procter & Gamble received $4.7 billion in stock owned by Mr. Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway, which is interesting. Berkshire is Procter's fifth biggest shareholder with 52.8 million shares, or nearly 2% of outstanding stock. PG&E, or P, not PG&E, but Procter & Gamble said it would contribute $1.8 billion to cash to recapitalize the Duracell business, um, which they think will be tax efficient. Um, you know, he, he likes things like Gillette. He likes things like Duracell, things that have been around for a long, long time. So congratulations to Mr. Buffet on that news. I think that's the first thing out of the gates that we have to see as far as headlines go. But before we go too far into today, let's take a look back at yesterday. You know, you can't. Sometimes if you can't stop them, you just try to contain them. You know, that's what they say about sometimes uh, these big football teams like um, Peyton Manning, maybe the quarterback. You know, how many touchdowns will we get? Can we contain them to two or three instead of four or five? That's the stock market these days. You can't really beat it. It's just. It's. I'm not going to say it's exploding. Um, the SP 500 was contained in a consolidation trade that resulted in a net change of exactly one one hundredth of a point over the last two sessions. 
a 12% run from the mid-October low. Um, things were looking, you know, better a short time ago when the S&P futures were well above fair value. Sensibly today, the big story is China reported some industrial production figures for October, pointing to continued deceleration in economic activity. Eurozone countries reported some soft CPI data, and New York Fed President Dudley said it's still too early to raise rates. So that's, you know, the kind of the things that we're trading off of. The market did open higher. And again, in record territory. Um, taking a look, you know, at the specific numbers, um, 2043, 2044 is the all-time high. Like, we hit that right out of the open today on the S&P 500. It's nice to see. You know, I'm not going to get to the point of, like, trying to get you all giddy about it. They're like, woo you got to sell your house and put everything in stocks. That would be ignorant of me to do. Um, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, you know, it's at a all-time high. Now, that's where it starts the day. Will it end the day there? No one ever knows. So please note that no one ever knows. Um, some, you know, other talking points about the markets. A little bit of thin air when you're at all-time highs. You know, you're at market elevation. Think of it like, you know, where's base camp? Is base camp 1%, 5% below us where it feels safe? Up here it feels pretty thin as far as air goes, so keep that in mind. Walmart's shaping up to be an early leader today. They basically had better than expected third quarter results. They're talking a lot about digitization, um, and they kind of need to. So uh, they need to do what a lot of companies have done, and that's kind of go more robotic. You know, robotic could be something as simple as, you know, more of a mobile app strategy. And then, you know, you order something, a robot goes, gets it off the shelf, a robot packs it, human being tapes it, maybe checks the address or something like that. They need to downsize their workforce because their workforce is killing them in healthcare costs and wage inflation. So they've said as much. I'm not saying that in a social way, a mean way, or anything like that. Cisco had some disappointing fiscal second quarter guidance tied to a slowdown in carrier spending in emerging markets. Um, crude oil continues to be one of those stories that we're paying a lot of attention to. It's kind of Goldilocksian. You don't want it to get too hot, and you don't want it to get too cold. So what I mean by that is you want oil to be in enough demand that economies are working and producing things. You want it not to be so in demand that it creates inflationary pressures for manufacturers, which ultimately should pass on the cost to you and me. But crude's at $76.32. Um, again, struggling. And uh, as it goes lower, you know, you'll see businesses uh, cut infrastructure spending in the energy complex, cut jobs in the energy complex. It'll help you and I at the gas station for sure. But, you know, again, the problem will be is that it's telling us something bad is happening out there. It's telling us that the world economies are slowing. Anything else you want to talk about, we can talk about today. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Specifically claims, oh, um, oh, that came out today. Um, First time unemployment claims. They were, this is very close to home kind of story, right? Oh, by the way, there's far away, there's more military posturing in eastern Ukraine and 
Russian minister Medvedev said today, look, we're not going to negotiate with you until you remove sanctions. So that's a step in the right direction. Like, i.e., we will negotiate with you, but first you've got to give us a good. But it's also not likely going to play out the way that's laid out. Claims of the week ending November 8th, first time unemployment claims, i.e. people who have been let go, um, increased to 290,000 from 278,000 in the prior week where there were some seasonality issues. A stable initial claims under 300,000 is typically assessed with employment conditions at or near full employment. Uh, it's a stretch to subscribe to the full employment idea, though, since there hasn't been a commiserate acceleration in hiring activity. What the claims data suggest is that employers seem content with their current labor needs, so they're not laying off as many people. The important swing factor will be, you know, the non-farm payroll growth. Does that match the emerging trend in initial claims? To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Hasbro is in early talks to buy DreamWorks Animation. Um... Walmart sales rose, but they did say that, you know, the holiday outlook is cloudy. That's for sure. Viacom beats expectations on their recent box office successes of Transformers, Age of Extinction, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Helped driving better than expected results in September quarter. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Any questions that you have, whether it be about college or education or savings or how do I or should I invest in an all-time high, I would appreciate So, 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar coming up a week from today, Thursday, November 20th from 6.30 to 9. It's retirement planning is more complicated than ever. You need an income strategy in retirement for taxes, for your assets, your Stocks, your bonds, you want to reduce the risk of outliving your savings, sign up for the event. It's in Redwood Shores, um, San Mateo, San Mateo, excuse me, Crown Plaza, Foster City. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I knew nothing about the immigration issue and illegals coming into America via Mexico. I did see one of the more interesting like headlines out there. The U.S. is moving to patrol the Mexican and Canadian borders with drones. Seems like an efficient use of drones. Um, nearly half the Mexican border by drones alone in a largely unheralded shift to control desolate stretches where there are no agents, camera towers, ground sensors, or fences. Plans to expand the strategy to the Canadian border. It represents a significant departure from decades-old approach that emphasized boots on the ground and fences. Since 2000, the number of Border Patrol agents on the 1,900-mile border more than doubled to over 18,000 in fencing multiple. Um... Interesting, right? Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. 
Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com. Drop him an email, and we'll answer it here on the air. It's chad at NewFocusFinancial.com. Selena sends in an email that says, My husband has the option of contributing to a 403B and or 457 plan. Should he split his contributions between the two plans? Does one have an advantage over the other? It seems the 457 allows for withdrawals, pre-retirement age, so it can be, quote-unquote, more flexible. Thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a, it's actually a pretty good thought. The person's obviously researching their options. 457 plans and 403Bs are both pre-tax plans. They're typically plans available that kind of mimic a 401k, but they're for government employees. And uh, 403B kind of work like IRAs. You can roll them over at retirement. 457 plans, though, in, in that situation, sometimes when people retire early, which happens with government pensions, right, if they want to get at the money early, they might say, okay, I need – certain amount of cash from 55 to 60. And so they might want to plan cash flow wise to have enough in the 457 plan to draw from early. Um, it also comes down to, in terms of where you're investing on what the overall fees in. Those are both products that are known to be in annuities and have high fees. So you really need to look at the overall fee structure in both of those accounts. They're both the same tax wise in terms of a deduction. Isn't it though a little, aren't you just complicating your life sometimes by having too many accounts? Um, yeah, I, like, I, I mean, like, I, like I, I run into people that have 15, 20, 30 accounts <laughs> and they just accumulated and accumulated over the years. And, and some of those have like little, like $30 annual service fees and or really high trading costs, minimum yeah. fees, all those types of issues. And, and a lot of times if you have you jobs swapped a lot and your 401k is under $5,000, they can eventually look at, look, say, okay, we can't find you. So we're sending you a check or basically booting you out of the plan because of the administration costs that we have to have you in this plan. So people receive a check that maybe only had 20% withholding, but they owe you know, 40% in taxes on it. Or that check may go to your old home, get thrown away. Sent to the state, the lost funds. And the IRS is coming knocking on your door Yep. when they get that report later that year. What's the difference between a 401k, a 403b, and 457? It's really just a 403bs are for typically uh, school teachers, nurses, Healthcare 457 plans are typically for government employees. I've done a lot of speeches for teachers, and there's a website 403B Compare. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's nice. What's what's tragic to me is how many people get access to teachers. Mm-hmm. Every school district's slightly different, but the school district may have like insurance salespeople. And it made it. There was a law that was changed last year, or the year before, that we used to be able to go in if somebody had 403B assets, we could. Just take a chunk of that and move it to another 403B account. It's a TD Ameritrade, which is a custodian I use. And they've closed down the market. So if that provider's not able to sell to current employees, you can't roll, you can't transfer out. So it locked the market down. And teachers and nurses, they only hear about the options that the salesperson is telling you about. A lot of teachers can go to HR and say, hey, is there a Vanguard option, a T Row Price option, no load fidelity option? And avoid the annuity altogether and go straight into the no-load funds. Got another email for you, chad at newfocusfinancial.com. This comes to us from FAM. He works, I work at a large Bay Area tech company. I'm using the target date plans in my 401k. Is that a good idea to max out or should I diversify into other funds as well? You know, target retirement date's fine for your first, you know, 10, 15, $25,000 um, if you're younger. It's great, but I don't like the bond choices in most target retirement date funds. 
And a lot of funds are kind of misleading in terms of how much risk they're taking for older people. So I think it's a good no-brainer approach. If you're with kind of the Fidelity, the Vanguard, the T. Rowe Price, American Century, and the 401k and their no-load options, I think that's a fine approach for the younger people. But when you're older, you need more management of the fixed income and more management of the international exposure, in my opinion. Sometimes I say to people, um, they want to buy stocks, Chad. They so badly want to buy stocks. I'm like, stay in indexes, stay in ETFs as long as you can. And then when you want to buy stocks, buy one and see where you stand after a year. Or if you have a spouse, you know, write down what you're going to buy, give it to her, him. And then when you're ready to sell it, you have to write it down again that you're ready to sell it. It's like dual paper trading. Mm Mm-hmm. And Most I, people just don't have the time, or they won't they won't follow that advice. But they'll remember, and that, that's where people get in trouble. Yeah. Oh, I would have bought Facebook when it dipped to 18. I said I would. I see a lot a lot of times where even for people that I manage money for, they'll they might manage their own little account, and the husband and wife will have a contest really? on who can make the most money out of their ten thousand dollar Roth IRA, for example. Does this contest end in love, glorious love? <laughs> Always, all money conversations in the hot in tub, love, glorious love in a hot tub with champagne. Who was that Ron Burgundy character? Lo- I love you. Anyway, let's <laughs> <laughs> ah, tongue wrestle. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Want to talk four hundred one ks or mutual funds? Don't be shy. Typically, the number one thing that you need to focus in on when looking at mutual funds or exchange-traded funds or index funds are the costs associated with them. That's the number one area where you're going to improve performance is limiting costs. Um, There's so much product out there that is so similar to one another that getting the cost lower is the name of the game. And give yourself patience and time. A little later in the show, we're going to be speaking with Lauren Lyons-Cole, personal financial contributor for TheStreet.com. She's going to discuss Obamacare. Um, going into the new year, enrollment, internal health insurance tips, things along those lines. It's one of the craziest pieces of advice that I've ever given to people who are retiring. If you don't have enough money, or even if you do, try to focus on your health. An unhealthy person is very expensive, especially in retirement, versus a healthy person. Um, it's something you can control is getting your health under control and uh, focusing in on that. There's little pieces of financial advice everywhere in our lives. That's one of them. I'm looking forward to speaking with Lauren Lyons-Cole, personal financial contributor for TheStreet.com. Coming up next segment, talking a little bit about Obamacare and general health angles. seems like it's getting more expensive every single year for businesses as well as for individuals. Are there investment opportunities? Heck yeah, there are. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. couple web pages that I go to instantly. 
in the morning. The street.com, mainstreet.com, Wall Street Journal, CNBC, briefing.com. That's where I started educating myself, New York Times, Financial Times. I'm always excited to speak with anyone representing those groups. Joining me now, Lauren Lyons-Cole, personal financial contributor to the street.com. How are you, Lauren? I'm great. How are you, Rob? I'm doing well. Aren't you a CFP, if I remember I correctly? Am. Yes, okay. a certified financial planner, yes. Tell me a little bit about you and your practice, and we'll get into this whole Obamacare angle. Yeah, well, so I actually um, started off working at a big, uh, a small but wealth management firm, uh, managing people, uh, people who have lots of money. Um, and then I, I shifted, and I really wanted to work with quote unquote normal people. So I've been um, doing personal finance consulting. I live in New York, so um, with people who make good money or don't, and uh, but haven't yet figured out how to really maximize that. So. Um, it's, it's been an interesting experience. I feel like I've, I've gotten a lot of insight. Okay. Now, as a financial planner, you're considered a fiduciary, which I think is the greatest standard of talking to anyone in personal finance. Absolutely. Um, and part of that means you can't hurt people, or you could be, you know, in theory, put in jail or fined or shut down. Um, so there's something to be said for that. Um, yeah, um, and you know, just so people know, financial planners can be paid in a lot of different ways, and 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 have a lot of different certifications. So you really want to look for someone who's operating at the highest level of integrity to make sure that you're not getting sold something or paying fees for something that may not be the best for you. I totally agree. It's yeah. you're going to the Church of Rob Black, so to speak, or I'm going to the right. Church of Lauren Lyons Call. Um, let's talk a little bit about your content. You provide content to TheStreet.com, and a recent angle you've been taking is Obamacare because it's that time of year again. Let's yeah. bring us up to speed. Right. So um, Obamacare, part two, right, we're, we're coming up on open enrollment. It starts this Saturday. And uh, information is slowly starting to trickle out for it. But anyone who is using the health care exchange or who needs health insurance needs to be aware. I mean, you, this is the sort of thing where it takes a little while to evaluate the different options and make sure that you're picking the right plan. Um, and you, starting this Saturday, you can start window shopping. You don't have to pull the trigger. You can you can just start looking and seeing what the different options are that are out there. And this is very important because the penalty for not having health insurance is going to go up significantly in 2015. Uh, so for 2014, if you did not have health insurance, you're going to pay $95 per person or 1% of your income. That will come out of your tax refund next year, so you just build that money straight out. But in 2015, it's really important to get health insurance because the penalty is going to increase to $325 per person, half that for children, um, up to $975 per family or 2% of income, whichever is higher. So now we're talking about some pretty serious penalties going into next year. Do you think that will be enough to persuade people to sign up that haven't signed up? You know, unfortunately, um, the Kaiser Family Foundation has done some good research on this. And unfortunately, 9 out of 10 people um, who who most need this health insurance through the exchange and who will end up paying the penalty and, and may not, you know, know that, um, they're just, they're not aware that, that this is happening, that open enrollment is happening. And so it's really important, you know, if it, if it applies to you, by all means, um, make sure that you're getting the coverage you need. But also, you know, if you're talking to people, this is the sort of thing we really need to raise awareness around because it's it's hard to get to those, the people that really need health insurance that may not know that they, you know, these, the, the healthcare exchange offers subsidies. So you're getting, you know, pretty cheap insurance potentially, and, and we really need to make sure that people are aware of this. 
I think people in their 30 are oblivious because they're focusing on the, the now. I mean, certainly I was oblivious when I was 2021. 20, if I if I was 21 now, I would have no clue what Obamacare is, is what I'm saying. So right. I think you're yeah. right. Well, and hopefully for those people, if the parents are aware, the parents can be, you know, they can actually stay on their parents' um, health insurance potentially. So, but you're right. And, yeah, those, those are the people that we really need to get signed up for um, for health insurance. And, and I think you mentioned previously that it's one of the best things you can do for your money is be a healthy person because an unhealthy person really is expensive. How would you rate Obamacare now that we're 12 to 18 months deep into it since, you know, the law was kind of formed and it started getting implemented? So here are the good things about Obamacare. Um, you know, it's a, it's a mandated level of coverage, so there are certain um, requirements that the health insurance companies have to provide, which, you know, some of those things are um, you can't be denied coverage. That's a good thing. Um so, and then the other thing, another positive about it is the healthcare exchange for whatever troubles that it has had is relatively straightforward as far as comparing plans go. So, um, if, if you are a self-employed or a freelance person or someone who isn't covered, and there are plenty of people who aren't covered with insurance through their employer, uh, the healthcare exchange makes it a little bit easier to shop for that because prior to this, you know, who do you trust? Do you talk to a broker? Do you go to some random website, how do you know what the best insurance is? So it really consolidates the plans. Um, and, and obviously there are other ways. You don't have to get health insurance through the exchange. But it's a relatively simple way to look. So if anyone's, you know, browsed through it, the plans are organized. Um, you can get a good snapshot of what it is, you know, you're paying certain premiums per month and what are the co-pays, what, what co-insurance do you have, what are your deductibles. It's pretty easy to understand. What else do we need to know about this topic? Um, so, the, you know, another thing that a lot of people don't understand, the way that they've outlined the plans, they've got the platinum, which is the best, okay. the, the gold, the silver, and the bronze. And the way that those plans are named makes it sound as though the platinum plans are better, like you're getting better coverage with the platinum plan, plans. Um, that's hard to say, five times fast, platinum plans. Um, but the thing is, they're all offering the same level of care. So there really isn't a difference in quality between plans. The difference is actually in how you're going to pay for the health insurance. So the silver plans are generally, those are good for most people. Um, those, I believe, are a 70-30 breakdown. So the insurance company will pay 70% of your um, health insurance bill, health care bills, and you're going to pick up the bill for 30%. When you go up to platinum, it's a 90-10 break. So the health insurance company is going to pay 90% of your health care. You'll only pay 10%. And that is the main difference between the plans. So it's important to understand choosing a plan is really based on the amount of um, health care that you consume during the year. So if you're someone who goes to the doctor often or who, you know, has a lot of prescription medications or um, if you have behavioral health ongoing um, appointments, things like going to a therapist or whatever, uh, platinum plans can be very good for that. But if you're a young person who rarely goes to the doctor, you're going to want one of the cheaper monthly plans like the silver or bronze plan. You'll still get good care, but if you're not using it, you don't want to pay such a high monthly premium. Speaking with Lauren Lyons Cole, personal financial contributor for TheStreet.com, talking a little Obamacare. Legally speaking, um, have you taken a look into what it might mean for Obamacare now that the Republicans have gained control of Congress. And it seems like the Supreme Court seems to have their fingers in some uh, upcoming litigation as well. 
Right, yeah. Lots of, um, this will be an ongoing topic. There's there's plenty to talk about as far as the legal and political side of Obamacare goes. And and I think, uh, I don't think that conversation is going to quiet down anytime soon. And, you know, I I don't, I'm just a certified financial planner. I try to stay out of all of that. My my thing is I want people to uh, have the right plan so that they're not paying too much out of pocket and so that they're taking care of their health because healthcare really is very important and it's a big, big expense. I mean, after rent and or your mortgage, um, healthcare is up there as far as the right. percentage of our income. So those are the things that I'm focused on. And, and you know, I don't know what the best solution is, but I know long term um, it's it can really be very tough. I mean, a lot of the bankruptcies in this country are because people have had some sort of unexpected medical illness. So um, it, healthcare and, and money, I mean, it's there's a big connection, certainly. Thanks very much. It's Lauren Lyons-Cole, personal financial contributor for thestreet.com. Hopefully she can come back soon and talk other financial planning angles. I think it's pretty top-notch as far as content goes. And again, not something you normally think about. Um, sometimes it's like, oh, I have to pay for my health care. Look, look at my pay stub. But you can manage that a little bit. And with if you're an independent contractor, if you're a person who's uh, not tied towards a healthcare plan at work, you could manage your costs. Anyhow, um, just throwing it out there for you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, taking a look at the market numbers today. I think instead of giving specific numbers, I think I want to say that we've had a great run for the last 30 days. We've had a great run for almost six years. We've had a, so we've had a great run in one year, two year, three year, four year, five years, almost six years. Um, it's nice. I don't want you to get too caught up in it because the market goes up seven out of ten years. In theory, it has two or three where it doesn't. And we're starting to get to that point of not the end of the cycle. I'm not saying that. But the easy money certainly is gone. Now, the tougher money, you know, you want to diversify. You want to look at some sectors that maybe you have some underperformance in as an area that you manage your risk by nibbling here. You want to look at sectors that you've had some outperformance in that you may want to say, you know what, maybe a little rebalancing to some underperformers. This is for indexes and sectors only, not for individual stocks. Actually, the opposite is tied towards individual stocks, where you sell your losers and buy more of your winners. But when you're talking indexes and funds, you typically trim your winners to fund your losers, if you've done your allocation correctly. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. Business headlines out there today. (laughs) 
United States see the highest sees the highest level of hiring since 2007. If you're miserable at your job, there's opportunities out there. Jobless claims rose, but stayed near a 14-year low. 14-year low is the the theme there that I want you to take home and feel comfortable with. And what do I mean by that? Um, I don't know. Um, jobless claims rose, but stayed a uh, 14-year. Okay, well, corporations seem to be happy. Keep in mind that corporations are technically defined as human beings. And uh, so I could use a word like content, and it makes a little bit of sense. Walmart store managers told to match Amazon prices. And Amazon's, um, Walmart's results this morning kind of paint a picture that's going to be a good holiday season, which should be supportive of the stock market. The Keystone Pipeline approval bill advances. Going to get a big vote on Friday. Uh, Facebook is running in a payments push and location-based ads. Facebook is a very silent, big gorilla as far as what they have in users, trying to streamline their privacy policy as well. Bankruptcy, canceled debt always or still is in your credit scores, so keep that in mind. Um, Disney must bless the Hasbro DreamWorks deal. Hasbro and DreamWorks looks like they're about 60 days away from potentially you know, getting together. Disney, of course, has some product line that's out there that's being sold by or manufactured by Hasbro and sold by Hasbro. Hasbro has a lucrative contract with Walt Disney to produce toys based on its Star Wars and Marvel comic properties. Owning a rival animation studio could present a problem. Disney would have to sign off or bless the deal. It is too big of a portion of Hasbro's business to put that price uh, at risk. It would be a game changer. Um, it's currently estimated that 25 to 30 percent of Hasbro's business is tied up with Disney. So DreamWorks obviously makes a lot of animation that competes with Disney. Character-driven sales in the toy industry are working. If you're looking at content-driven properties, they're outperforming non-content-driven properties. It'd be interesting to see maybe if Hasbro does hook up with DreamWorks. DreamWorks has done like Shrek and Kung Fu Panda and Rise of the Guardians, Turbo, and others. It'd be interesting to see if Disney would go after someone like a toy maker like Mattel uh, and start spinning off some of their loser properties and start developing some of their properties into more content. It does bring up the question of, whoa. Sony has unveiled some internet TV in a challenge to the major networks. Now, this is happening fast. YouTube has announced that you can now get a subscription and you don't have to watch advertisements. Seven ninety nine a month it gives you access to ad-free music, the ability to play songs in the background, even when the YouTube app is running in the background, and offline viewing. Google's also throwing in a subscription to Google Play Music. The idea is to make it easier for YouTube as a music service, similar to Spotify. Um, things are changing fast in media. And, you know, just to give you an idea, Spotify has 37 million free users, 12.5 million paying subscribers. Pandora's got 76.5 million active users, 3.5 million paying subscribers. Um, YouTube's got 1 billion unique visits per month. YouTube's free. YouTube's music key will be $9.99 a month. Free ad supported services offers on-demand music. Uh, Beats Music, several hundred thousand, we don't really know their numbers, offers unlimited on-demand access to more than 20 million songs plus curated playlists. 
Then there's things like Sears Satellite Radio uh, through its technology. It's not really cutting edge, you know, but, you know, you don't have to use credit cards on a regular basis to keep it up going. Um, iHeart Media is out there. So things are changing pretty aggressively as far as content goes. But Sony's story was that they're aiming to steal away some of the TV industry's highest-paying subscribers with a streaming video service that will begin rolling out later this month. The PlayStation, which the PlayStation 3 or the PlayStation 4 will be able to handle this, um, they're going to get content from CBS, Viacom, Scripps Networks, Comcast, NBC Universal, 21st Century Fox, Discovery Channel. Missing clearly are ESPN and Disney and ABC, as well as Time Warner, which is parent of HBO and TNT. So there's, it's not full TV service, but it's certainly an option for some people. It seems like we're going to be, you know, plugging and playing, so to speak, and patching here and there. Uh, television is an area that has been crying for innovation. Uh, Sony's going to call it a beta for a while until it gets up and going, but it's worthy of note. I think that's uh, one of the better stories out there as far as figuring out how things are going. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. The markets are higher. You know, just opened well, continued to march higher. Um, it's tough to find where rarefied air. We're at all-time highs. Minus the NASDAQ. And the NASDAQ's going to take a while to get there, to be honest with you. But the NASDAQ also flew higher than the S&P and Dow in the late 90s, early 2000. Um 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. You can drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Anything you want to talk about, anything that's on your mind. You know, one thing that's on my mind is college costs. And inflation is seen heavily in college costs. Tuition prices continue to rise, but at a slower rate than past years. Time to stock up on the ramen noodles, right, if you're a college student. Cost to attend a private four-year nonprofit college is $42,000, including housing and a meal plan. The average sticker price with room and board for undergraduate students attending a four-year college in their home state was about $18,943. Out-of-state students look at $32,762. Costly, costly. Big event coming up. You can find out more about it at robblack.com. It's one week from today. You can find out more at robblack.com. It's at the Crown Plaza Foster City, 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning in San Mateo, 6.39, one week from today. Sign up at robblack.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. 
Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking personal finance, business, investing, insurance, anything to get you financially ahead. Creating a little wealth, managing a little wealth later in your life, hopefully. Joining me now is CFP Chad Burton to discuss topics that are relevant to you. Mr. Burton, how are you? Doing well. How about you? Doing good. We've got a big event coming up a week from today. I'm excited by that. It means I get to hang out with you. Ten Pillars of Retirement Income Planning, Crown Plaza, Foster City. People can sign up for the event one week from today at uh, chadburton.com or robblack.com. Both of them work just fine. But before we jump into that, uh, let's talk about discussing charitable giving at the end of the year. Anything new and interesting in this field? Um, Yeah, yeah. I think there is something kind of new and interesting out there. And first of all, I've got to explain the difference between a tax credit and a tax deduction. Um, a credit is always better. So if you had a $500 tax credit, if you owe $1,000 in taxes and you have a $500 tax credit, that's a direct offset of 500 bucks. So it'll save you, you know, dollar for dollar, $500 off your taxes. If you have a $500 tax deduction, what it saves you is you have to actually multiply your tax deduction by your, your effective tax bracket. Let's say it's 20%. It'll save you $100 in taxes, right? Sure. So, this one is actually a tax credit, which is a good deal. And this came into law. Governor Brown signed this on September 16th, 2014. And what it does is it authorizes a college access tax credit um, for the next couple of years um, if you make a contribution to the college access tax credit fund. Okay. Um, and it really, the California Educational Facilities Authority, is required to allocate and certify the tax credit. So there, it's really odd. You actually have to, if you go to um, the website, and I posted this on the New Focus Financial Group Facebook page, and I'll put it on LinkedIn and, and Twitter, tweet it out here in a bit too. But um, you actually have to file the application to be able to make the contribution. But the tax credit is this. It's 60% of the amount contributed by the taxpayer to the fund in 2014. Now, it goes down by 5% each year for the next couple of years, so it's still pretty good for the next couple of years. So if you put in $1,000 and you donate it to this fund, you'll get a $600 tax credit for this. So it's a pretty good contribution to make if you're looking for effective uh, you know, use of your donation dollars. Okay, but that's not really going to fund a grandchild or a child, is it? It's kind of in a backhanded way, though. Yeah, kind of. I mean, um, the, the, this, the, what this was created for, um, the purpose of issuing revenue bonds. So the CEFA was created for the purpose of issuing revenue bonds to assist private nonprofit institutions of higher learning in the expansion and construction of educational facilities. Um, so it has the ability to issue taxes and bonds, but what they use the funds for is things like construction for higher education for, for facilities that qualify. And you obviously, before you make any donation, you want to look into this and see, is this something I really want to fund? But things like construction, remodeling, renovation, land acquisition, purchase or lease of equipment, um, costs of bond issuance and things like that. So if you're looking to make a donation to support higher education in the state of California, this is what 
you'd want to look into because, again, you put in a thousand bucks, you could get a six hundred dollar tax credit back. So you, it's only like you're you're you're, you're making a use of you're letting the institution use a thousand, but you're only giving up four hundred dollars. So it's a pretty leveraged gift. We are running low on time, so let's jump to the idea of giving away stock to charity rather than cash. I'm speaking with CFP, Chad Burton, NewFocusFinancial.com. What do we need to know? Why give stock? Well, in this deal, I don't think you can give stock. I've, I've looked through the website, and I can't find any way to do that. But most of the time, like if people do tithing to their church or they fund charities every year, and they've got ESPP shares that they've bought, and it's a large gain, um, or, you know, any kind of stock that's appreciated in value, why give cash when you can give the stock? You can transfer it in kind to that charity's brokerage account, get the same tax deduction, but take your cash and go back and buy back the stock at a higher cost basis so you're avoiding paying capital gains on that. So it's the best way to give. The only time you don't want to do this is if your CPA tells you, and you always want to talk to your CPA before you make any big gifts because there's certain limits against your adjusted gross income on how much you can deduct and how long you can take to be able to use all of your deduction. Um, so always talk to them because usually, you know, cash is 50% of AGI and giving appreciated stock would be less, less. So I don't want to get into that too much, but always talk to your CPA first, but give appreciated stock and avoid paying the capital gains. It just blows me away how many people fund large dollar amounts to charities with cash rather than stock. But I think there's a psychological reason for that. Like, I own shares of Apple, and I don't want to give them away because they've been winners for me. And there's that, right? Or well, okay, I mean, so there, there's you're, something you're, you're about... I'll take the, you've got, let's say you want to give away 5000 bucks. Take right. 5000 bucks of your cash in your bank account, go buy more Apple, and then identify your lowest cost, cost basis, highest tax problem lot of Apple, and transfer those shares. So that way you're... You're buying more before you're giving some away. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying psychologically, I understand why people don't like to do it your way, even though your way is the right way. It's just psychological, right? Psychological yeah, is a yeah, big part of your business. Especially on low-cost space of stock, if it you know, made them rich, essentially, right? It's right. tough to give any of it away, and that's why people end up too overweight in a specific stock and then deal with a lot of volatility. And they forget that there are down days as well. I'm speaking with CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. You can find him online. You can submit a portfolio. There's a lot of resources online. There's a lot of downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com. On top of that, he's going to be at an event one from today, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar, Crown Plaza Hotel from 630 to 9. That's yours and my last big event in person this year, right? Yeah, yeah. We've got one webinar coming up in December, which we'll have up um, right after the Crown Plaza event, but that's the last one. Yeah, last chance to see Skinny Rob. So you know I'm supporting. <laughs> you know I'm supporting. Gonna puff up during the holidays. Oh, I, of course I am. Um, and you know I'm sporting a beard right now. So if people want to touch and feel it, it's very Ewokian. Um, <laughs> last question for Mr. Burton: Charitable gift fund or donor advised funds? We've got about two minutes. Yeah. So these are for people that you know they they have a real big charitable intent. Like it's really important to them to give each and every year, but maybe they can't afford to give a lot. So they want their gifts to be more meaningful and they're not really sure who they want to give to. You can actually add money into what looks like a mutual fund account and the account uh, will grow for you. And, it, and over time it will grow. You can fund it every year and get a tax deduction for funding every year and then decide later in life who you want that gift to go to. Make it a more significant gift. 
Um, so you can check out most most large institutions now have donor advised funds. Interesting. Um, obviously, charitable giving is a great way of you know uh, trimming down your uh, state taxes, but also it's a great way of managing your wealth as well. So people can contact you at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Like I said, there's tons of content at his website. Um, on top of it, if you want to come out a week from today, Thursday evening, he runs the majority of this. What I do is I focus in on dividend income stocks because the event's tied towards income in retirement, uh, 10 pillars of retirement planning, tax-efficient investing, maximizing Social Security, not outliving your savings. That's real important. But also we'll throw in some estate planning issues, creating a legacy, and things like charitable giving. Uh, one week from day, it's a great way to support the show. It's the last way to support the show um, for the year in person. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com or New Focus Financial. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. U.S. is moving towards patrolling Mexico and Canadian borders with drones. And this is just another example of technology displacing jobs. number of Border Patrol agents since 2000 has you know, more than doubled to 18,000. Now, just do some quick math, and you can see why you know drones would obviously be interesting. You, know, you take 18,000 people, times it by, let's say, $50,000 average salary, and, you know, you come up with a number that's pretty big, you know, $900 million in salaries. Now, again, not all those salaries would be gone, but let's say 25% is. And, again, is it a good day to be a Border Patrol agent? No, because technology is coming to your area. But it's worthy of note. I was a little shocked to see that number of, I mean, that's a, I'm not going to say it's an army, but 18,000 Border Patrol agents, it's pretty close to an army if it's not an army. Sony Internet TV is unveiling a challenge to the major networks, and I like it because, again, our living room is changing aggressively. Sony said its new service, PlayStation View, will carry channels owned by a variety of media companies, CBS, Viacom, Scripps, Comcast, NBC, Universal. 21st Century Fox, Discovery Communications, Disney won't be there, ESPN won't be there, HBO won't be there, and TNT nor CNN. But we're getting more stuff coming to streaming and streaming relationships. Now, what's interesting to note about that, and I I think this is worthy of note, is that I think you're going to start seeing the music industry play a little bit more hardball with Spotify and Pandora. The digital era of free music it might start coming to an end because I think it's fair to say YouTube launching a new subscription music service that allows you to get rid of ads is laying down some pipe work for the music industry to say, look, Google's getting people to pay. Spotify, you're getting people to pay for your premium service, 12.5 million people. 
Pandora, you're not doing so great. Um, but they've got some, 3.5 million, so that's 16 million. YouTube, but it's a lot of streaming and ads. Beats Music, it's 9.99 a month, but it's a couple hundred thousand. The music industry wants cash, cold hard cash. They don't necessarily want the advertisements. So over the past few years, record companies have allowed music streaming services such as Spotify to offer a variety of ways to listen to the services. You know, trying to convert people into that monthly subscriber. Use of Spotify's free smartphone app, for example, can play any artist catalog they choose, provided they shuffle the songs. Spotify's non-paying laptop and tablet listeners can even listen to particular songs on demand, accompanied by ads. Last fall, Spotify introduced a free custom radio service for mobile users, and all 37.5 million people use various free versions of the service, compared with just a very small scant, 12.5 million who pay for a monthly fee. So Apple Beats offers a 90-day trial period to subscription service for most of the year to AT&T's wireless family customers. Google's offer of a 30-day free trial. This is going to end. The, you know, the major labels like Vivendi's Universal Music and Sony's Music Entertainment, they want music subscription services to curtail free trial periods, sell more ads on their new free services, get customers' credit card information sooner, and invest more in reducing subscriber churn rates. Um, the average user of free ad supported streaming services generates revenue of around $4 a year to record companies compared with between $50 and $75 if a user is uh, in a record buying age. Spotify subscribers currently pay $120 a year, of which 70% goes to the record labels. So you can totally see why they want to go that direction. And it'll probably happen. So, mark my words, the era of free digital music starting to wane. Other big stories of note today, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway's buying Duracell battery business from Procter & Gamble for $3 billion. It's kind of tricky because Warren Buffett owns a lot of Procter & Gamble. So what he's doing is he's kicking out $4.7 billion of shares to Procter & Gamble. But you said it's a $3 billion deal. Yes, it is. In exchange, Procter & Gamble is going to contribute about $1.7 billion in cash to the Duracell business before the deal closes. Um, as a consumer, Duracell, are the, it's the copper top batteries. Go ahead, knock it off. Um, it's, it's tough, right? You remember something about Duracell growing up. So I dated a woman who liked to buy things at the dollar store. And I was like, don't buy things at the dollar store like batteries. You know what I feel bad about batteries? They work their whole life and then they die. Dun, dun. <laughs> Yay! Um, so Parker and Gamble's a lot of things. They're Pampers diapers, Tide detergent. I don't use Pampers right now, but if I go to a concert, I consider it because who wants to be like in the front row or who wants to be seeing a concert and go, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. Anyway, jobless claims hit 290,000. That's a good number. Any number under 400,000 is good. Any number under 300,000 is really good. So uh, we are there. There's a new wearable coming out. And wearables this year are starting to become a little bit more stylized. 2015 is going to be really the year of the stylized wearables. And I think it's worthy of note. Um, some of them will work directly with your iPhone now. And some of them will work with apps, and some of them have their own apps, but they're starting to get a little bit better. 
so fitness trackers are starting to become a little bit more stylish. Um, who's that going to hurt? It's going to hurt someone, right? Because I don't have a wristwatch. I kind of find them to be vile and dirty. I know you're saying, really? You have that kind of opinion? I do. Um, but there's a company called Fossil out there who makes a lot of watches. And as wearables come in, I would imagine that the old-fashioned watch kind of goes out. I don't think it'll be that fast. Um, but there's a company, ticker symbol FOSL, that you should keep an eye on because they're a pretty dominant player in watches. The Apple Watch is coming out. There's you know a couple fitness trackers that are starting to become stylish. One of them that will even last a week and is good uh, up to 10 feet underwater, 10 meters underwater. Apple isn't targeting the Rolex market with its debut, but they're expected to sell a watch around 350 bucks and more fashion-oriented. So Fossil, ticker symbol F-O-S-L, could, I could see that be getting weaker. Maybe not in one year, but in 5, 10, 15 years. And they just came out with a quarter that was fantastic. So would I short the stock? No. I'm not that kind of guy. I think that people will buy a lot of stupid stocks on a regular basis. But here's my girl, Taylor. I know you're saying, please don't ever say that again. I promise you listen. I won't bring up Taylor being my girl. Big event coming up one week from today on Thursday. It's going to be an event that you want to come to, Crown Plaza. Talk about retirement income. So it's also talking about income. I'm going to go over stocks that I own and why on income basis. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. One week from today. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.